Hello, and welcome to Nostalgia Marcana. I'm your host, Doug Leaf. Each episode of this podcast, we'll look back on the movies, TV, games, people, and phenomena that we still love talking about all these years later, and ask ourselves why these bits of pop culture still enchant us today. This week, we'll be revisiting... Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Disneyland proudly presents our spectacular festival pageant of nighttime magic and imagination in thousands of sparkling lights and electro-synthomagnetic musical sounds. The Main Street Electrical Parade! back to the wonderful world of Disney because we are doing yet another list of our favorite Disney songs. Uh, this time we're sort of doing the inverse of what we did last time. Last time we did our list of our favorite songs from the official list of Walt Disney animated feature films. So that's everything from Snow White up through at the time Strange World. Um, so if you were wondering when we did that, hey, where's like Mary Poppins or, you know, the Pixar stuff? They were not included. So now we're doing everything outside of those original Disney films. So we can hit those. So uh, this is going to be real interesting. Uh, I We could choose from a whole bunch of stuff far and wide. So we'll get into the selection process in a minute. But first, uh, I want to introduce our guests. It's going to be a, a roundtable of four this time. So first... Um, You've heard her on many of our previous episodes, including Clue and Jurassic Park, and she's awesome in all ways that matter and those that don't. Ladies and gentlemen, my wife, the bestest, Amy Leaf. Hello. It's a pleasure to be here. I hope so. You live here. Uh, <laughs> all right. And uh, so uh, another uh, returning guest, uh, she was on our last Disney song uh, podcast, uh, and she's also been on many, many others, going all the way back to our Goonies episode. Please welcome back Tanya Cardozo. Yo-ho! I'd like to be referred to as a returning champion. <laughs> a returning champion. That's fine. Returning champion. You are uh, you won our last list? I don't know. Uh, so uh, so Tanya's here. And uh, another returning guest who you remember from, gosh, uh, My Best Friend's Wedding and The Golden Girls and... Um, Oh, uh, Masters of the Universe, a whole bunch of them. So uh, welcome back. Another returning champion, Ryan Merlot. Thank you, all of my friends and confidants. I exp I love being here with you all. <laughs> so as I said up top, um, we are choosing from anything but the original list of 61 animated films. Uh, technically, Wish would have been included in there if it existed at the time, but nobody's favorite songs are from Wish, so we can forget about that. Uh, and so we're moving on. This again, this this includes everything. I sent out an email before we did this trying to do this, and the, the rules were basically simple, which was it has to be Disney, it's got to be original, and it has to be something that wasn't in the first group. 
and everybody lost their minds <laughs> trying to figure this out. Um, so what this does include is it's pretty much anything Disney. It has to be something original to Disney, so it can't be cover songs. It can't be things that Disney bought later because now they own half of everything. So, for example, um, they own the Muppets now, but they didn't when Rainbow Connection originally came out. So that song is not in contention. Um this also includes other things like Pixar, um, Touchstone, which is uh, a Disney label. There's a lot of Touchstone movies, including some big name musicals. So that have those have to be in contention. Um, and that, other than that, there's really no rules. It's pretty much what everyone wants. So I'll throw it out to you, Amy, to start with. What criterion did you use to call your list from like so many options? Okay, so first <laughs> I just want to say this. I struggled. I mean, I don't know. I had such a hard time. I don't know how many text messages I sent that was, I'm not doing this. I give up. I quit. Wait, what is our list? I mean, pretty sure Tanya, you're gonna say pretty sure you declared divorce a few times, <laughs> given the, the, the conditions. So at some point, a couple of days ago, I said, whatever, this list, it doesn't matter. I mean, it's fun for the podcast, but it's, I. It's I, not legally binding. It's not binding. <laughs> If you ask me again in a couple of months, this list might be completely different. But the criteria I used was songs that either resonated with me, like emotionally, songs I think are pretty, um, or songs that I have nostalgia for, which is the whole purpose of this podcast, right? So kind of those three categories. Um, I wouldn't say any of these songs are like in my top 10 list of all my, like of all songs in the world. So, you know, this, this they're fine. This is a fine list. What a great introduction to my list, right? An enthusiastic start. <laughs> yes. Anyways, take it over, Ryan. Okay. Uh, sure. Ryan, uh, tell me what criterion you used to make your list. Well, I used, I looked on a list of, uh, Doug sent us a cheat list. And I went through there and I looked for songs that I personally have nostalgic memories of i would say 95 percent of these songs i remember where i was when i first heard them and are they my like amy said are any of them in my top 50 probably like two of them of of my favorite songs in general however i definitely do like the list that i composed and i remember where i was on when i first heard several of them and I've been going to Disneyland. I don't know if everybody's uh, aware of our geographic location, but we all live in Orange County, which is very close to Disneyland. So Disneyland has been a huge part of all of our lives just because it is for everyone who lives in Orange County. And I remember going to the park, hearing these mu songs, hearing this music. And so it was fun. It was fun. I got a lot of like wonderful flashbacks wonderful memories and i really really enjoyed um curating these songs okay that's that's a, a great way to approach it tanya i'm curious to hear what approach you used um so i didn't really base it off of your list or I, some of your guidance doug was helpful in the sense of knowing where not to touch but i thought it was very open-ended so that was hard for me to grasp on some of the things where I think Amy and Ryan were kind of going further out. Um, 
I try to stick more to what I thought were sort of seemed more obvious or tra traditional Disney properties that were um, so more maybe cartoons, you know, your Saturday morning cartoons, your afternoon cartoons, uh, old school live action Disney movies, um, even some Pixar uh, I, I had a really hard time coming up with my list. My, I, I think I complained a bunch that my list was like 22, 25. Um, my list was just really long. And so even through today, I was really stuck hard on about 12 and getting down to 10 was tough. Um, but I do think that my list does, for the most part, align with the nostalgia um theme of the podcast and so i really like that i will warn everyone i have a long list of honorable mentions uh because i just couldn't i i, I really enjoyed coming up with this list and i think like everybody else especially the bottom half of my list i i think the ranking is just kind of meh it's just all over the place i i i like my my top half one through five i think is pretty solid um so i'm excited to get into it uh and amy had said i i really like she made a prediction that I think there would be out of potentially 40 top 10 songs that there would be like 24, I think is what she's, that was the number she picked that would be overlapping. I thought that was a good prediction. See, I almost predicted the opposite way because there's so many songs that we could have chose from. I think there's not going to be many, um, many of uh, many songs that we're going to have in common, but I might be completely wrong. That's just my, that's my, uh, my prediction. I think properties are going to overlap maybe more so than the exact song. Okay. Good point. Good point. Okay. Yeah, because there's yeah. a lot of songs and in each thing. Yeah. Yeah. My approach was pretty similar. I did want to try and hew to things that were mostly, uh, you know, things that were, uh, I won't say obvious choices, but things that are clearly, you know, Disney, um, as opposed to things that are like technically Disney. Um, but I, I, feel pretty good about my list as I, I feel the same way you all did, which is, it is a big challenge because this really opened the door wide to a lot of different stuff. Um, there were a handful of like maybe four or five where I felt like, well, this is obvious. This has to be on the list. How do I not pick this? And then the other five were like, Hmm, what could I put in here? Um, I like all of the songs I picked. I don't feel, you know, I feel enthusiastic about all of these, but I also have a good list of honorable mentions and things that are like, I, I really want to talk about this, but it's, it doesn't quite make the cut or uh, technically it's a cover. So I can't, you know, um, things like that. So um, with that, I think we should uh, get right into it. Yes. I also just want to make one more prediction that songs on everybody's list, I will have never heard of. These will, there will be <laughs> yes. references that I do not yeah. know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And even maybe my, my own list might have songs that I know, but the reference, like where they come from, I have no clue. Yeah. Um, I also did not even think of TV shows, so there's probably, like, <laughs> a lot of songs that I missed. You might say there's an entire Disney channel of stuff. <laughs> I think I did a very good job on this. This is going to be... Is there any other... Are there any other predictions? Because I think the predictions are kind of funny. Like, I think Tanya's going to have vibe songs again, like she did with Disney, the first... And I think Doug is going to have, like, the obscure deep cuts that no one else knows. I totally agree with that one. Yeah. I will have some. <laughs> not not too many, but a few. Um, all right, well then let's let's get into it. Um 
just by coin, co- uh, coin toss, I'll uh, throw it to Ryan. What is your number uh, 10 song? Okay. So my number 10 song is The Climb. There's always going to be another mountain. I'm always going to want to make it move. Always going to be an uphill battle. Sometimes I'm going to have to lose. It ain't about how fast I get there. Ain't about what's waiting on the other side. It's the climb. From the movie Hannah Montana, sung by Miley Cyrus. And the reason I picked this song is I just love the message. The message is so uplifting. Um, she sung it when she was coming back from tour and coming into her like non-famous life again. Um, and so she had a lot of struggles and a lot of mountains in her way and she was able to overcome that and i think that that's an inspirational song to anyone um and i just i just really really liked the song um miley cyrus still sings it it's one of her most famous songs um if you ever watch any uh american idol about seven people cover it so it's it's one of those songs that has transcended time and i think it's a very very good i really enjoy it and it's a song that I think, because of its message, is has to be on my top ten list. I think I I don't have a specific connection to this song, Ryan, mm-hmm. but I do think that Miley Cyrus doesn't get enough credit for her vocal abilities. Yeah, I, I really I, think that she's a really good singer. Yeah, um, and it's a good choice. It's I mean, it's a fun song. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good song. I agree. I, I've heard it on every single reality singing show. <laughs> Absolutely. That, yeah, that's sure. my knowledge of so, it. Yeah. So obviously it's got a good hook. It's been covered <laughs> a good jillion it. times. And yeah, it's like graduation for weddings. I mean, it's it's it can be used in a lot of different instances. But I think that's what it's like. Um, You know, it's it kind of everyone. It has a message. That will inspire everyone. If you listen to the lyrics and you, even though if you don't necessarily like the song, the lyrics, I think, are transcendent, have transcendence. I mean, I don't think I see the deepness in that. And when Ryan disclosed that to me as his number 10 song, I was like, what? And then we played it for a minute. I was like, oh, yeah, this is actually really good. I had forgotten, like, yeah, you're right, Amy. She is a better singer vocalist than you just immediately assume. So, yeah, right. good song. Okay. Good. Uh, we're off to a good start. Um, Tanya, your number 10. My number 10, Let's Get Together, Yeah, 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 from The Parent Trap, 
which is very fun, very, you know, Haley Mills, super classic, The Parent Trap. No, I, I'm, I'm actually surprised at the reactions that Ryan and Amy are giving me right now, because that is a very classic live action Disney song. Not surprised. Uh, They're both very classic. Uncouth. Yeah. Well, I just. I was shocked. Yeah. I couldn't. I don't know it from Adam. So. You've I, never seen The Parent Trap? I've seen The Parent Trap, but the one with like Lindsay Lohan oh, no. and uh, whatever. The real one. Yeah, the real yeah, one. I was going to say, I was shocked this did not show up in the Lindsay Lohan remake version. Like, I would have. You would have, like, I would have bet even money there would be some version of that song in that movie. It was. And there's not. It's it weird. was. They play it. She sings it when she's like walking into an elevator, but it's like, it's like a quick hit. It's not like yeah, featured it's like as like four a performance, yeah. Less, but she sings it yeah. when she's walking into the elevator. That's it. All right. I don't know the song at all, so my predictions are true. Yes, well, thank you, Amy. <laughs> all right, Nostradami. Uh, what is your <laughs> what is your number ten? All right, so my number ten is not necessarily a nostalgic song, but I think it's a fun little ditty. It's from the 2017 classic Coco. I present you with Un Poco Loco. What color is the sky? Ay, mi amor, ay, mi amor. You tell me that it's red. Ay, mi amor, ay, mi amor. Where should I put my shoes? Ay, mi amor, ay, mi amor. You say, put them on your head. Ay, mi amor, ay, mi amor. You make me un poco loco, un poquititito loco The way you keep me guessing, I'm nodding and I'm guessing I'll count it as a blessing, that I'm only un poco loco Cue music <laughs> um, anyways, I think this, uh, it's a great little song. It, it's a fun, playful song. Um, I really like the, the lyrics kind of play into like the dynamic of the, the grandmother that if you've seen the movie, you know, like she is a little crazy and it's just a cute little song, uh, that has a nice little melody. It's a nice bonding moment between, uh, Miguel and the care, uh, Hector, who he does not yet know is his great, great grandfather right but yeah it's a nice bonding moment between them for sure yep good fun song good good fun song i like that song a lot i suspect i i my prediction is that coco will definitely show up on one of y'all's lists again so it will um because there's a lot of good it will yes. uh so you all predicted i'd predict something i'd pick something obscure um and i did uh, because for my number 10, I, I kind of like using the number 10 slot when we do these to pick something off the beaten path. So this is technically Disney because it's touchstone. Uh, this is my only stretch for technically Disney. Um, and I had forgotten about it until it showed up on that list of like, Hey, here's some ideas and Oh, here's some touchstone movies. And I went through that list and was like, Oh shit, this counts. Um, my song choice is, uh, from 2005's the hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy. So long. And thanks for all the fish. Thank 
now, why would I pick this? Because it is pretty obscure. Um, mainly because the book, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, was like foundational for me. That is just an, one of the best, funniest books ever written. And it really shaped my sense of humor. So when I when I heard they were making this film adaptation, I just remember being super excited for it. And the So Long and Thanks for All the Fish bit is a you know kind of a small joke in the book where they talk about the whole book is about at the beginning. The Earth is destroyed by alien uh, bureaucrats to make way for a, a hyperspace freeway. And the narrator tells, you know, well, humans are actually only the third most intelligent species on the planet. Dolphins are number two. And they tried to warn us about the impending doom, but couldn't because we just interpreted all their clicks and noises as being cute and, you know, wanting footballs. So eventually the dolphins pieced out and their last message to earth was so long and thanks for all the fish. So they took that little idea and they opened the movie with this like awesome, like musical number with all like real dolphins just spin, you know, spinning around and jumping and playing and then taking off into the sky. And it's just a really fun moment in the movie. And like I said, it meant a lot to me as someone who really loved the books. So that's why I picked this. I don't expect any of you to know it. Uh, but enjoy the clip. Go watch the the bit on YouTube or watch the movie because it's a lot of fun. I think those are fun, though. I mean, that's that's a way for all of us to get, uh, you know, I've never even heard of the song or really the movie. I've heard Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I did not but like the book. I've Sorry, never Doug. read the book or whatever. But hey, Doug, I'm going to after this. You, you should read the book. Yeah. It is awesome. Uh, it is really, really fun. The whole series is fun, but the original book, it really, you can't beat it. Um, just, yeah, one of the funniest books ever written. So, um, all right. So, uh, Ryan, that brings us to your number nine. Okay. And this is, and this goes back to my nostalgia. I remember being at Disneyland as a very, very young boy and seeing a parade and they sang the Mickey Mouse March song. Who's the leader of the club that's made for you and me? M-I-C-K-E-Y-M-O-U-S-E. M-I-C-K-E-Y-M-O-U-S-E, Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck. Anyway, uh, it was from the Mickey um, Club, Mickey Mouse Club from, written in 1955. Um, it was a instant hit. I think it made Mickey Mouse kind of who he is today. Uh, you know, I don't know. But it's definitely his song, and you can hear it played around the park during, especially during um, parades and everything. I just think it's a really, really fun song. I think it really brings you into Disney, especially being at Disneyland or Disney World. And I just think it's a great song. I think, it, I mean, there's so many, there's so many ver like verses too. And um, I know Donald Duck and um, a couple other characters sing along too. So it's kind of like a, it's kind of an ensemble song of all of the major characters in Disneyland and it, how much more Disney can you get? It's a total anthem. I think it's, it's a total fantastic. anthem. It's a fantastic. Also very nostalgic. It's got oh, just yeah. very classic. Yeah. 
uh, Americana feel. Very 1955, mm-hmm. very, very America, uh, you know, America in the 50s. Um, <coughs> yes, I love it. I mean, you really can't get more quintessential Disney than M-I-C-K-E-Y-M-O-U-S-C. Yeah. <laughs> you really can't. Um, so much so, yeah, that when we did the first um, episode of Disney songs, I used the clip of that song as the opener. Okay. Um, because, yeah, it's, it's like I said, you can't, you can't get more Disney than that song. So I think that's a great pick. Yeah, great pick. All right. Tanya, you're number nine. Come Little Children from Hocus Pocus 1993. Ooh. One of my favorite movies. I, I, I was I about to say you should have. I was about to say you should have. You were gonna pick. Uh, I put a spell on you, but that's a cover. So I, that's also count. not, not what I would have immediately thought of. Come Little Children has played bits and pieces throughout the movie. I mean, it's definitely the song that. I mean, it's not the standout number. It's like sort of the theme that kind of comes throughout because it's it's at the beginning, it's in the middle, it's towards the end when they're always trying to lure in the kids. I think it's really fun. There's not a lot to it. It's, you know, a pretty short little ditty, but it's, um, you know, it's haunting. It's a lot of fun. It's very Halloween-y um, for every normal person that's not Amy. We've all seen and love Hocus Pocus. <laughs> yeah. And um, it, you know, it's definitely memorable. That one's grown on me. That both that movie uh, and the song. It, it is not. Yeah, you're right. It like it's almost not barely a song, because it, you only get snippets of it. They never like just sing it start to finish. You sort of just get pieces of it throughout the movie. Um, but it is. Yeah, like you said, it's that movie's mostly pretty goofy and cartoony. But that song is actually where it gets a little more spooky, scary. Um, so yeah, it's just the right flavor for that movie. Is it in Hocus Pocus too? I haven't actually seen Hocus oh, Pocus too. I don't. I feel like it might be, but I don't remember. I haven't. I've only watched it once or twice with the kids, and I don't mm. really watch it in, you know, sitting down for the whole time. Should have called it Tukus Pukus, by the way. I feel like they missed a, an opportunity. <laughs> um, all right, Aim, you're number nine. All right, my number nine is uh, "If I Didn't Have You" from Monsters Inc. If I were a rich man with a million or two, I'd live in a penthouse in a room with a view. And if I were handsome, it could happen, cause dreams do come true. I wouldn't have nothing if I didn't have you. Monsters Inc. is just such a fun movie, and this song is Billy Crystal and John Goodman, and it just totally plays on their personalities. 
I used to like have a thing with my daughter in the car whenever this song came on. Um, Cease. Do you remember I used to say that? You still say that yeah. every time it comes on. Every you scream Cease. Yeah. Anyway, so which is our daughter's that. nickname, yeah. I should say. So it's it's our cute little song. Um, and yeah, just a. a little it's song. a great song. Total fun. And I love and Monsters is- Inc. So it's a great song. And their voice acting, voice oh, singing, yeah. and that is it's a lot of fun. It's so much character. Um, mm-hmm. They're just buddies. They, it's John more... Goodman and Billy Crystal, right? Yes. They're the ones who say, yeah, it's a great song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's worth mentioning that this is the song that finally ended Randy Newman's Oscar losing streak. Okay. So he had been nominated a gajillion times. You know, it was a Susan Lucci thing. He gets nominated like 16 times and he lost even for like the more high profile. You got a friend in me. He didn't win for that. Mm-hmm. And, but he did win finally for this song from Monsters, Inc. So. Uh, good on uh, old Randy Newman. Yep. So, uh, my number nine is one that you will all know that is not obscure at all. Um, but it's another one that uh, goes to my favorite Disneyland memories because it's from my favorite ride. And that is Grim Grinning Ghosts uh-huh. from the Haunted Mansion. Oh, I um, love that song. The crypt doors creak and the tombstones quake. Spooks and knockers wane and wake. Happy haunts materialize. And begin to vocalize. Grim Grinning Ghosts not to socialize. Close your eyes and don't try to hide Or a silly spook may sit by your side Shrouded in a dark disguise They pretend to terrorize When we host not to socialize It's, uh... It's the best part of the ride, um, you know, when you see the five heads singing it. Oh, yeah. Um, and, you know, what more can you say? I just love Halloween. So anything Halloween is going to, you know, have extra points. It's being, I'm going to be biased towards it. So, um, yeah, I just I wanted to pick something from Disneyland. And this just felt like the most obvious choice for me. Random factoid, either at our middle school or at our high school, there was a substitute teacher and he was one of the original uh singers and his head was one of the busts was the i think it was the one that fell down when it was like the older one not like the digital one um he was a substitute teacher at i think marine view okay no i think it was at high school <clears throat> i don't remember. I remember that too what, yeah was social it, studies was it edgar yeah. allen toe no we can cut this. <laughs> Who's Edgar Allan Toe? That was a that was a substitute teacher that we had. I think you should cut that part. His parents called him Edgar Allan Toe. Okay. No, that was actually For his real. Name. That was really real. his name. Cut this. <laughs> cut this part. <laughs> All right. No, I'll keep it. But that's a fu- yeah. That's a very fun. I mean, who doesn't love that ride? And uh, that's a great song. Iconic. Iconic ride and iconic song. Totally yeah, so. I, I mean, five-part harmonies and, and uh, Halloween and ghosts. So can't go wrong with that. Um, all right, Ryan, your number eight. Now, my number eight comes from a Touchstone Pictures. This is the only kind of non-Disney. It's a little ditty by Diane Warren called I Don't Want to Miss a Thing. I could stay awake just to hear. Watch you smile while you are sleeping While you're far away dreaming I could spend my life in this sweet surrender 
From the movie Armageddon 1998, Aerosmith sang it. A little fun, fun uh, tidbit. Diane Warren was watching Barbara, uh, Barbara Walters' interview of Barbara Streisand and James Brolin. And James Brolin said that he missed Streisand when they slept. So Diane Warren was like, I don't want to miss a thing. Oh, perfect, perfect. And that is how that whole song came together from a Barbara Walters interview of Barbara Streisand. So, uh, but it's such a great song. Um, I remember when they did it at the Oscars, it was like iconic. They had all of these, it was like, and that was back in the day, you know, in the day when the staging wasn't great, but they had like five levels of people playing guitar. It was really, really cool. And it won, I think the I think it won the Oscar for best song, but it's a very good. I mean, I love that song. I love that movie. Um, it's from Touchstone Pictures, so it is Disney, and uh, I don't think you can go wrong with anything from Aerosmith. Oh no, they could put together a great show. I think, and his voice is just so fun. It's great with the movie. Yeah, I mean, they're just like linked together. It's a lot of fun. I'm double checking on total if fun. It won. Yeah, I I want to hate this song because it was so overexposed it and I've heard it so many times. But every every time you go back to it, you're like, it is a really well-written song. Like, oh, I can't and, I can't deny it. And in the movie, when you hear it, it's like, yes, you know, I don't know. I, I just love that song. It's a it's a great song. It I struggled with this one. It ended up on my honorable mentions. OK, um, just because there was no room for it. But it's I mean, Diane Warren is just Steven Tyler. Just, uh, she, and I think it's the first time that they won a Grammy and it was not a song that they had written. Am I remembering that factoid wrong? I'll have to check it in the fact check. But um <laughs> Yeah, I I, I I have no idea about that one. But yeah. it was a very, very good like Okay. It was nominated for an Oscar, but it lost to the Prince of Egypt. Oh, When You Believe with Whitney Houston and Mariah Carey, which is a very good song. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, great pick, Ryan. I th- you know, it's one of those things where you realize, hey, this is Disney. Yeah, this uh, is my... No, this You're not going like to hear it in the parks, but... Disney, uh, of yeah. my Disney, but the, I had to pick it because I, I like this song. Yeah, and for people who don't know, Touchstone is like you said, it is Disney the same way that like Acuras or Hondas. They, yeah, they created this secondary outlet to release movies because they thought, well, we want to release more adult fare, and we don't want parents taking their kids to see stuff and going, "Hey, what the fuck, Disney? This was supposed to be, you know, for kids." Um, so that way they would have a separate thing. Um, and I definitely wanted to include Touchstone on this because, like I said, there's some bigger Touchstone movies that 
are kind of you more think of as Disney that it's felt like it would be crazy to not have in contention here tonight. So, uh, Tanya, your number eight. Okay, good story though. Ray Touchstone about not getting lulled in. Parents not getting lulled into bad things. My mom took me and my brother in the eighties to see RoboCop because she thought it was Transformers. And then oh, she no. walked, and we walked in, and the first like what fifteen <laughs> minutes, she was like, oh, "What the fuck?" Yeah, sorry. Oh, that movie. Yeah, we're gonna do an episode on RoboCop soon. Yeah. Uh, I love and... RoboCop. Yeah, yeah uh, little, not for kids. Children. No, no, no. Was no. Wizard of Oz two a Disney? Because a scary return. I went. I went to Return oh. of the Oz, and I was like, I I made Super it through scary. like five seconds, and I was like, Super get me scary. out of here. Super scary. I don't know if that's a Disney too, but it was horrible. I don't know. I think Warner Brothers did the original, but okay, I could be wrong. Okay, so my uh, number right, eight. Your number eight is from Turning Red, which is twenty twenty two. So it, it's newer. But this is the boy band song, Nobody Like You. You never not on my mind, oh my, oh my. I'm never not by your side, your side, your side. And really, this is what got me on the nostalgia was that it evokes the 90s boy band. It is just perfect in in that, like, bringing you back to I was an NSYNC girl, Lance Bass all the way. Um, but that whole, you know, TRL, the boys there, how cute they were. They all had their own personality. Um, and... Billie Eilish wrote this uh, with her brother and it was just so like, it was just so spot on. And I think it's adorable. Um, you know, something like they're going to be your ride or die. There's all these cute, like something about like in my tummy, I just think it's adorable, but it definitely evokes nostalgia um, for a diff from being a teenager or whatever. And I really enjoyed that. That came off my honorable mention list today. I really was trying to, uh, you know, Tetris this together. And that one I felt strongly enough, especially because of the nostalgia aspect um, that I had to get it into my top 10. This was on my list for a while. It ended up getting shunted into my honorable mentions, but it would be like number 11 on my list. Like, I, I think it's really strong. And for all the reasons you said, I think I actually like, um, you know, what's up, which is another boy band song in that movie, a mm -hmm. smidge better than nobody like you. Although nobody like you has more of the, emotional resonance to the rest of the plot mm -hmm. so uh, but yeah as you're right again perfect um imitation or that maybe that's too derogatory a term but like they perfectly capture the sound yes. of late 90s early 2000s yes, boy she bands. understood the assignment is how i would yeah <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah it's a little bit like uh, something like that thing you do where it's like hey go write a beatles hit that's not the beatles like it's the same thing go write an nsync song and like yeah she like you said yeah. nailed the assignment yes it's very referential. It's a very referential song, yeah. All right, Aim, you're number eight. All right, my number eight. Um, Ryan, I thought you were about to say this song uh -huh. because you started talking about Diane Warren. Oh, oh, and my I number eight what... song is actually the other Diane <laughs> Warren touchstone song, uh, Because You Loved Me by Celine Dion. For all those times you stood by me, for all the truth that you made 
which has nothing to do with why it's on my list. I wrote down, you can't have a Celine Dion option and not include her on the list. <laughs> so that's Fair. my criteria there. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, it's Celine Dion it, and that it's a great melody by Diane Warren. And yeah, I just like that song. It's that's a great song. Movie, though. It's, a, it's, a, it's just a great song. It feels like one of the things you just hand this to, like, I mean, Celine Dion is so talented of a vocalist. You can hand her almost anything and just go here, make this legendary. Yeah. You know, do it. Just sprinkle your Celine Dion pixie dust over it and yeah. make this song go. And, and this yeah. was produced by David Foster. I thought he wrote it, but it was actually Diane. But like, yeah, his, he's a magical writer, producer, questionable person, but <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> um, what is yeah, it? Yeah. They just create magic together. Yeah. Yeah. Great song. All right. Um, so my number eight, this one is not as, I'll, you guys will think this is obscure. I don't think it's that obscure because it's a Pixar movie. Um, but that is, this is a, a song called Learn Me Right, which is the closing song for Brave. I, I have kind of a, a soft spot for Scottish and Irish kind of music in general. And so this song is just a bunch of gorgeous soaring vocals and harmonies. Um, it's written by Mumford and Sons. So people who know oh. a bit about Scotch Irish music and harmonies and like it just, it really kind of caps off the movie and sends it off on this great note of, and, and it kind of captures the parent and child bond that is at the heart of that movie um, they actually, I guess they liked it. So they, they released it themselves on one of their own albums with different lyrics and a very scaled down production as like a, a bonus track on one of their albums with under, even under a different title, but this was the original version of it. And I just think it's beautiful. I think you listen to this and you're like kind of bowled over by the production and the soaring voices. So there you go. Cool. Cool. Brave is never. Yep, y'all love that one. <laughs> Brave's never been like my favorite favorite movie, but I agree with you, Doug. the The visuals and the music 
was the best part of the movie, in my opinion, you know. Yeah, I, I, it's not my favorite Pixar movie either. I think it's got some plot structure yeah. issues, but like I said, I'm just going off of the song. Absolutely. And I think the song and the emotion of you. it works. Yeah. All right, Ryan, you're number seven. Okay, well, my number seven is one of the Disney, one of his last rides that he worked on before his death. He wanted to make the park a little bit edgier, so he came up with a pirate ride. And, of course, the song from the pirate ride, Yo-Ho, Yo-Ho, A Pirate's Life for Me. Yo-Ho, Yo-Ho, A Pirate's Life for Me. With Bill and with Wonder, we rival and look right up behind your hoe. With King and the Dragon, don't give a hope, right up behind your hoe. Yo-Ho, Yo-Ho, A Pirate's Life for Me. With Sword, with Bill, with Bill, with Slack, right up behind your hoe. Moron, with Bill, and even hijack. As a kid, I remember going on that thing all the time, wanting to jump off the boat and go and and steal all the the gold that totally. is like you know the, the 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 skeleton creature you know the skeletons in. Um, but it just puts you in a pirate mind. I don't know. I, I just love that ride. Um, the, the, the song is perfect for it. It's not a, like, it's never going to win a award for lyrics or anything, but it's so nostalgic for me. And anyone who's ever been on Pirates of the Caribbean in any of Disney's parks, because I think they're in all, I think it's in all of them, um, you know, it holds a special place in your heart. I mean, it's one of the best rides. Yeah. And it's definitely got a catchy tune. It's one of the, you're never going to forget it. Never. Totally. I think when you hear the song, you can almost smell the ride. Oh, yeah. You know that that's a very specific pirate smell. Um, I will say this is on my honorable mentions. Yeah. I love that song. Great song. I love, I love how the song ends the Pirates movie to the first one. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. With Johnny Depp at the helm, and he's like, "Drink up, me hearties, yo ho!" And then it, and like, he's got yeah, this great, so yeah, the yeah. great voice. It's yeah. just kind of smoky or whatever, very Johnny Deppy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I thought and it was. I, I also twenty-one was... years old. Huh? By oh the way, Pir- the first Pirates movie came out in two thousand three. Oh my so gosh! Here we are, twenty-one years later. Oh, um, crazy. Um, the and that movie is still awesome. It still holds up. Um, I, I agree with you. This song is great. Um, written by, uh, the, or, I'm not sure who did the music, but the lyrics, same guy who did the lyrics for Grim Grinning Ghost, mm-hmm. his name is X Atencio. And not only did he write the lyrics for that stuff, he wrote a lot of the scripts for the rides and was a designer yes. on the rides. But he actually wrote the lyrics for this. And somewhere, I forget where in the ride, one of the mannequins is based on him. It looks like him. Okay. That doesn't that doesn't surprise me. Uh, that doesn't surprise me because there's so many different. Every time I go on that ride, I see something different. So it's kind of cool. Yeah, you know something yeah, different. Definitely. Yeah. All right, Tanya, your um, number seven. All right, my number seven. I feel like is going to piss off Amy and probably Ryan because it's it's a very specific call out. It's from Bedknobs and Broomsticks, Substitutionary Locomotion. Dracuna. McCoy, 
the corn shakes his stick. I don't want locomotionary substitution or remote in transitory convolution. Only one precise solution is the key. Substitutionary locomotion, it must be. Tracuna, Macoides, and Tracorum Substitutionary history with Traguna, McCoides, and a little help from me. With Traguna, McCoides, and Traguna, Um, it's so fun. It's got all these great, like, she, you know, she's like a witch, and she, it's the spells. And then all of the like war museum comes alive and it like fights off the invaders. It's World War One, right? Two. It's World War Two. Um, Two, yeah. Traguna McQuiddy Tracorum Sadus D. It's so fun. It's so you have to be there. You have to know it. You have to love it. It's great. I grew up with this movie, um, so I I actually had uh, a song. I had to put in my honorable mentions. I had a different song from this movie in there because I did watch out. Grew up watching this. I loved it. And of course, you know Angela Lansbury, tough to beat. Um, pretty awesome as a as a Disney legend. Yeah, um, totally. And anything she does, it's uh, just this amazing. is a fun moment. It's a fun moment in the movie of one of many, mm-hmm. um, where yeah, she she magics all of these suits of armor to life. To fend off uh, a Nazi invasion. It's basically like is, uh, the cool. precursor for what happens in Harry Potter um, in the last book when when McGonagall makes those um, soldiers come to life to protect Hogwarts. Yep. Um, so yeah, and I know I feel like Amy has not seen Bed Knobs and Broomsticks well, or has no. I don't have any connection to it, but I've seen it. I'm familiar with the song. It's a good okay. choice. Very good oh, choice. I'm surprised by your a, reaction. Uh, I, I was waiting for like a WTF Tanya. I mean, it's still an eye roll, but <laughs> I, I should uh, mention also this is a, a Sherman Brothers song, so another reason why it's you know kind of a Disney high mark. I mean, basically Sherman the Sherman Brothers owned uh, this Disney songwriting in the '60s. Yeah, so this is actually 1971. The Jungle Book and yeah, this is actually 1971. But oh, it's 70. It's yeah. that late. Okay, I was surprised. Right. I thought it was '60s too until um, I checked it out. Yeah, they did a bunch of Disney stuff, so um, good choice. All right, Amy, your number seven. All right, my number seven is going to piss off everybody um, because I could not uh, make the I, – I couldn't fit all the songs I wanted to, so I grouped three of them together. <laughs> this is a cheat. What the heck? Um, it's, a little, it's a little cheaty, um, but these are all songs from Disneyland, so I felt like thematically it kind of worked. Um Pirate's Life for me. So, Ryan, we're obviously, like, on the same wavelength there. Okay. I also threw in It's a Small World um, because it's just such a classic Absolutely. Disneyland experience. Yeah. And then I also have a special place in my heart for the Tiki Room song. In the Tiki, 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 Tiki Room. In the Tiki, 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 Tiki Room. All the birds sing word and the flowers croon. In the Tiki, 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 Tiki Room. 
Welcome to our tropical hideaway, you lucky people, you. If we weren't in the show starting right away, we'd dig the audience too. All together in the tiki 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 room, in the tiki 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 room. All the birds sing words and the flowers croon, in the tiki 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 room. I sing so beautiful, I should sing solo. See, so low we can't hear you. Mad voice may not be so marvelous, but my profile is out of Um, so that's also there. And that's on my and that's on my honorable mention too. Take your room. There you go. All three of them are on my honorable mentions. Yeah, they're all they're all my favorite. Yeah. So I I had two of them on my I I had to put them back up and I felt like this the only way it would work is if they were all together on the same line. Okay, I can so see that. That's my Disneyland reference. Cheap but acceptable. <laughs> all right. Yeah. And again, all all great songs. I mean, you know, I mean, yeah. it says something about it's a small world that you would hear it so many times going on the ride and you don't come out of there wanting to like kill yourself. Uh, unless the ride like breaks down, which uh, most times, yes, and I and it has like slowed down. And I've been in there for thirty minutes and listening to that song and for thirty minutes. I just want to eyes and it's creepy. Yeah. yeah. All right, uh, my number seven. Uh, so I I love the Muppets. I wanted to do something Muppety, uh, and so I still think um, that the Muppets uh, from two thousand eleven is I think probably my favorite and the the most like consistently solid Muppet movie outside of the original one. I wanted to pick um, Life's a Happy Song because we used it in our wedding. Like, I have nostalgic memories of it, but I I, I think the song I picked is actually the stronger song melodically uh, and thematically, and that is Pictures in My Head. I didn't do it. I've been framed. Ah, waka waka. Gone to the great will ride this baby again. It's furnished her dicky. It's furnished her jicky. This legato tune is absolutely, most transparently bringing me down. One, two, and a half. Can we do it all again? Make a laugh like we did then. But I'm standing here instead Now they're only pictures in my head um, Which is the song, uh, you know, Kermit sings when he's wistful about the Muppets having broken up and wishing they would get back together. It's kind of the little bit of the I want song of the movie, but it features, you know, a number of marquee Muppets, including some of my personal favorites. They managed to get in uh, Swedish Chef and Dr. Teeth. And the electric mayhem and like small mm-hmm. bits into it, which like huge points for me. But um, I think yeah, emotionally it's the the more one of the stronger songs. Even though Manor Muppet was nominated and I think maybe won an Oscar, um, I just like pictures in my head a lot. I love that song. It's a great song. It's a great melody. Very good song. Excellent choice. I totally agree. All right. <laughs> we have so much to say. <laughs> I think we got forty songs to exactly. get there, so we better keep moving. <laughs> Uh, Ryan, your number six. Okay, uh, my number six is from the movie Toy Story 3, released in 2010, written by Randy Newman, We Belong Together. We belong together. We belong together. Yes, we do. 
and it run th- and won the Oscar for best song. And I let it because c- it's a credit song, and it is at the part where like all the new toys come in and get used to living at Bonnie's, and it's just kind of a really cute, really well written song. And I, I I just I really really like it. Um, I think Toy Story's music is iconic and makes it makes it as good as it is i mean you know there's four of them right or three four four of them plus buzz lightyear plus buzz lightyear but the first three i think have the best music and this one this song i really really enjoy yeah i i I choose to pretend toy story 4 doesn't exist because three goes out on such a strong note three should have been it that's that's where it is i totally agree with you there should have been no toy story 4 Toy Story 3 ended perfectly. It did. They should have been done. It did. But I, I also like Toy Story 4. I do I've like never, it. It's, a, it's, it's, it's not a standalone, clearly. But it is sort of a a different kind of story. I'm not even sure. I've seen Toy Story 4, but... It's fine. I like it. But I like Toy Story 3, 2, and 1. So... Yeah, I, I just thought the emotional payload at the end of that movie was so good. Yes. And, like, I, I was super skeptical when they said they were making a Toy Story 3 because it was way after uh, 1 and 2. I and totally like, agree. Really, they're going back to this? and But they stuck the landing so I hard. They did so like, well. Okay. A 10. A, a perfect 10. 10. And, Ran- and Randy, they brought back Randy Newman, and he did, he reprised, I mean, he did a great job mm-hmm. on the song, and just, I just thought it was great. All right, Tanya, you're number six. Well, let's keep it up with Oscar-winning songs by Randy Newman. Toy Story 2, When She Loved Me. When somebody loved me Everything was beautiful Every hour we spent together Lives within my heart And when she was sad I was there to dry a tear and when she was happy, so was I. When she loved me. Through the summer and the fall, we had each other, that was all. Just she and I together, like it was meant to be. And when she was lonely, I was there to comfort her. And I knew she Sung by Sarah McLaughlin. Oh, I love and that. Oh, yeah. It's just, I don't think Beautiful song. We, any of us probably have a lot of sad songs. Uh, and this is just a beautiful, sad song. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I really appreciated the song until far more recently. I had a girlfriend in college who loved it and was just like heartbroken by Jesse's story. And that was for her always a standout storyline. And I was like, all right, whatever. But I don't know if it's just being older, having kids. I think it's just such a great song. It's, it's beautifully heartbreaking. Um, they picked the right singer. And they picked the right time in the movie, I yeah. think, too. It's 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 just beautiful. I yeah. just, you know, that was 1999. So, you know, we were all graduating high school. Yeah. Uh, not Doug. He's already in college. And we were, you know, we were starting our first year in college. And it was just, it was really, it's a, it's such a good song. 
I didn't know that that was written by Randy Newman. I just assumed that it was written by Sarah. I didn't know until so about that's... 30 seconds ago when I looked it up. Uh, I also okay, didn't know it was an Oscar winner, so I looked that up, too. Okay. Um, I just, I actually had a, a different Toy Story song from a different Toy Story movie on my top ten, and I realized I didn't, I thought this was a, it being a sad song, um, I don't know, I felt like it, it helped it rank higher, mm-hmm. um, and also offered my list a little bit of variety. Well, I mean... Pixar has this well-earned reputation for knowing how to break your heart. And it starts with this. I think when people make lists, I've seen lists of like, you know, what are the most heartbreaking things Pixar has ever done? And this and the opening sequence from Up, Up are yes. usually yeah. one in, one or two in like, you know, flipping, yeah. flopping around which one's worse in terms of you know how harsh it is. <laughs> um, but I mean, yeah, really powerful sequence. A really, you know, it, this song is just integral to making that work like you know i mean you could picture just about any sad song there but this in particular you have sarah mclaughlin who already you associate with dead puppies yep you know what <laughs> i mean it's, it's it is yeah. a sad, sad in the arms moment, of the angels like, with all the all the puppies outside in the in the, cold. In the uh snow yeah 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 so yeah i i can't argue with this choice this is a great choice yeah all right, Amy, your number six. All right, my number six. Um, I can't argue with your choice for number six, Tanya, because it's the same song. Yay! I- yeah! Wow! When she loved me, nice. <laughs> Sarah nice. McLaughlin. We've all gotten Toy Story movies for number six. So I know. Doug, are you on a Toy Story movie? Surprisingly, yes. Oh my, uh, my number six is also a Toy Story song. What? It is from Toy Story three. I figured somebody's gonna have to pick. You've got a friend in me somewhere. But I kind of dig the Gypsy Kings version at the end of Toy Story 3. So I'm Ooh, picking that, Hay Un Amigo on Me. Um, it is good. That is a it's, great it's in one. Spanish yeah. and it's yeah, yeah it's, it's a really good one. Yeah, I like that one. I I mean, you know, look, the if Pixar had an anthem, it would be You've Got a Friend in Me. Oh, I yeah, think yeah. it's an amazing song. It's, oh, it's perfect. You know, I've heard I've heard it a million times. Randy Newman's voice is dopey. Um, you know, just, <laughs> but it works. Yeah, the, you hate like if I do that impression, you'll kill me. Like, yes, you hate it. It like strikes a chord in my ear that <laughs> Save that for the bonus reel. Um, so, uh, but yeah, so you're, but I just, I think it was, you know, the, this buzz speaking Spanish joke was an interesting, weird diversion in the movie, but to kind of bring it back with this, you know, um, especially with the gypsy Kings, I mean, they're, they're so good. And adding this flamenco version was just like, just the great icing on the cake. That is that movie. Yeah. yeah it's so, great. And it, yeah, there you go. going back to that again, that movie 
sort of what you were hitting at with the up opening oh, or with the scene in that. Toy Story 2, the end where they all hold hands in the trap. I'm just like, I, I'm unrecoverable. That's that first time, especially I just, I still can just the tears streaming and coming down. Um, great choice. You've got a friend in me is in my honorable mentions. That was what I ended up flip flopping with my number six. Um, because I, I, I just thought it was a stronger curated song on my list, but clearly it's, it's, you're right. It's, I think the anthem of Pixar and toy story is the standard bearer. Um, so it's a it, great song and really fun turn on which version. All right, Ryan, your number five. My number five is remember me from Coco. Remember me. Oh, I have to say goodbye. Remember me. Don't let it make you cry. Or even if I'm far away, I hold you in my heart. I sing a secret song to you each night we are apart. Remember me. Oh, I have to travel far. Remember me. Each time you hear a sad guitar, know that I'm with you the only way that I can be. Until you're in my arms again. Remember me. Um, it won Best Original Song in the Oscars, pop version sung by Miguel. It was actually, I thought this was interesting. It was written by the writers who wrote, the, the husband-wife writers who wrote Frozen, who wrote all the, fro, you know, um, the Frozen songs. Yeah, Robert um, Lopez and uh, uh, Kristen Anderson Lopez. Yes, yes. And it's played throughout the movie, and it's, and every, like, every time it's played, I feel like there's a bonding moment. And it's just a very, like, sweet song. And I loved Coco. I thought Coco was just such a good, good, great movie by Pixar. Um, I loved that it focused on the that that um, uh, his you know basically Mexico. And I just thought I mean it was so cool. It was it was a beautiful movie, and I think this song yeah, I mean, is just is is perfect for it. Yeah, my question to you is, so you hear it three times in the movie all the way through. You hear the uh, Ernesto de la Cruz version at the beginning. Yep. You hear the kind of lullaby version sung by Hector about two-thirds of the way through, and then Miguel sings it to Coco at the very end of the movie. Right. Do you have one of those three? Probably the pop version version sung by, like, Miguel, Miguel's pop version. I think, I I, it's just because I think it's more, I don't know... I like all three of them. I mean, I think they're all three perfect at the time in the movie when they should be. I, I think they all fit. I think if you flipped them, I think that they would not work. I think so. The the versions work where they're they're played. But I think my favorite part is probably when Miguel sings it. It's kind of more of a poppy version. End. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, you mean that when you say poppy, he you means mean the, the pop one that singer at the beginning. He means the pop singer oh, Miguel, in the credits. not Miguel. In the credits, yeah, yeah, yeah. in the credits. I, I mean that. That's what. But I also like Miguel, who 
in, in the movie. I mean, it, actually, in the movie, I would say Miguel's Miguel's version is my favorite as it's well. It's the heartbreaking one. It's, it's the, the heartbreaking one. Yeah. Me. When he sings it yeah. to the grandma. Absolutely. You know, when he sings it to Coco and trying to get her to remember her dad. Yes. And he's fighting for that last second before she's basically, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, with... Um, without any memory anymore, and it's just it is it's it's it's. Got so the both right of so, yeah, pain. so both of my favorite versions are Miguel, one being the character, one being the pop singer. So yeah. all right, cool. Uh, Nothing. Yeah, it's a, it's a good song. <laughs> yeah, I, I suspect this might show up again. Um, it's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, all right, Tanya, your number five. My number five. I like a good villain song. Ooh, I do too. Um, and so I picked Oogie Boogie Song from Nightmare Before Christmas, 1993. Not mine, of course, but yours, old boy. Now let it be just fine. Please be fast, or you will have to answer for this haters act. Oh, brother, you're something. You put me in a spin. You aren't comprehending the position that you're in. It's hopeless. You're finished. You haven't got a prayer. Cause I'm Mr. Oogie Boogie, and you ain't going Um, Amy, you're the only person that doesn't like this movie. That's it. You're eye rolling. I don't dislike the movie, but the song is It's a not. great song. Look, <laughs> but go on. Go look, on. I went to college in New Orleans. It's got this very New Orleanian, bluesy, jazzy. Ken Page is the singer. He's the voice actor for Oogie Boogie. It's just great. He's you, He is having a freaking blast singing this. He is just, he understood the assignment you know, the boogeyman just being this, like, creepy, like, sack of worms and is mm-hmm. gross and is super creepy and just trying to terrorize Santa Claus. I mean, it's just so fun. And it's all done in that, like, kind of black light. You know, the the figure, I mean, sorry, the the number and, and the, the visual is very intrinsic. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun. You know, his whole thing is, like, gambling and the dice and the, the roulette wheel it's it's just a lot of fun i really enjoy it i mean this is basically a cab calloway number um you know without cab calloway um and he it like perfectly captures that that kind of a song um but you're yeah you can't separate it from like the visuals which are so cool like oogie boogie's a great design is this like burlap bag full of bugs um that's just a great idea um, and yeah, having it all like set in blacklight really, uh, makes the whole thing pop. Like it's a cool sequence in the movie. All right, Amy, you're number five. Okay. My number five song is from the 1987 movie Adventures in Babysitting. Does this qualify? Um, the Babysitting Blues song. Oh, I love that <laughs> nice song. Nice choice. Yes. Babysitter Blues? <laughs> I got this call from Brenda. I went to pick her up. Tar had a blowout, and my mom's car got shot up. And these guys started to chase us. And we all got hijacked. <laughs> We're cruising down the highway. This big old Cadillac, and it's so hard. Yeah! It's so hard. Babysitting these guys. 
Which is just such a fun part of this movie. I mean, totally. if you want to hear my deep dive into this movie, listen to the podcast on Adventure. Which was all four of us for that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, was my gosh. Yeah. Was it? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Oh, yeah, nice. Yeah. Bring the gang back together. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you know how I feel about that that movie and this song is just such a fun part of the movie and it it's so unexpected and, and just catchy and funny and well done by the cast and I don't know who wrote it, but... So, yeah, there's a fun song. I mean, it's just a, a wonderful like surprise in the middle of that movie of like, <laughs> yeah. guess what? You're getting a musical number. <laughs> Look at that. Right. Um, yeah. And it was it, uh, yeah, but, and and singing it at the blues club. It just I just loved it. Yeah, it was great. Nobody gets out here without singing the blues. So my number five. This is my last obscure pick, and it's not that obscure. But um, so this is a song called "He Lives in You." So hey. This is Lion King adjacent. Um, so when Lion King came out, it was a giant smash. They wanted to make a big deal out of it. And they said, well, how do we capitalize on this? Let's put out a second album of stuff. And this was the first song on it. It's sung by Lebo M, who's the guy you hear at the beginning of the movie. No, that guy. He wrote and sang this song. And the song was definitely like high profile for Disney. They loved it because they put it into the Lion King stage musical. And it's also the opening song in The Lion King 2 Simba's Pride. They needed something to open the movie with, and they used this because they believed in it so much. And it's even been covered by, like, Tina Turner did a cover of it. There's an African version of it sung by Lebo M again, which they used for the credits of the uh, Lion King remake. Um, so, like, they've kept this song alive in various ways, which is why I saw you when I said it, you all went, what the fuck is this? And as I started talking, you all went, oh, yeah, that song. Um, it's just this soaring vocal from this guy whose voice is so incredible. Um, so I just I, I always liked it and it resonated with me. Yeah. So there you go. I hear this song on Pandora a lot when I listen to the Disney songs on Pandora that I listen to more often than I should be. And without <laughs> your kids. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> without my kids exactly um but yeah this is i i do remember this song it's a good melody it is they use it in the yeah in the stage musical they use this to uh for the moment where simba see, uh, actually there's a version of it that mufasa sings to young simba in the first act and then they really use like the big version of it uh when he sees his father in the clouds in the second act uh, yeah. that's they said well we got to have a musical number here so this is the song they used so yeah, they kind of transplanted it from thing to thing as they, they wanted to keep it uh, in use. So, All right, uh, Ryan, your number four. My number four is from a short that was released, I think it was before Inside Out. Um, it's called The Lava Song from Lava. A long, long time ago, there was a volcano. Living all alone in the middle of the sea He sat high above his bed Watching all the couples play And wishing that he had someone too And from his lover came this song of hope That he sang out loud every day for years and years I have a dream I hope will come true You're here with me And I'm here with you I wish that the earth See the sky up above Will send me someone to love Um, I remember, I never saw, uh, Inside Out, but at Disneyland, like on a really hot day, I used to love to go into the theater, Captain EO, seeing all that. Well, they have, they got rid of Captain EO and they had this lava, this Can't lava, imagine why. Huh? Yeah. Um, yeah. I can't imagine why. No, I know. Right. Um, but it's a love, you know, it's basically a love story about, you know this 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 volcano sees all of these creatures frolicking around with their partners. He gets sad. He sings, and there's a submarine, uh, another volcano, and he starts dying, and she comes up, and then they. It basically is a love story about two volcanoes. It's a beautiful song. It transports me to Hawaii. The guy who sings it, Israel. Oh, is he? No, he, he, he would, died. He would have been dead it just then. sounds like him. Yeah. Well, I he think he said. Oh, maybe did he? Was he? Okay, maybe he. Maybe the guy who wrote it got inspiration from that Israel who sang that "Somewhere Over right. the Rainbow." Yeah, that sounds right. But um, it's just a it's just a really beautiful song. I I would if it's not. I don't know how obscure Lava is, but if you've never seen it, um, I would go see it. It's just it's a very quick, um, short. But it was, and the song is all through the short. It's just beautiful, I think. I think it's just a beautiful song. Um, the ukulele is played. It's very tropical, and I loved it. Really lovely. This song was almost on my list. It's on my honorable mentions. It kept going on and off. Yeah. Um, so I understand why you picked it. Yeah, This when, if you listen to Disney Pandora stuff, 
you know, in the car with your kids, like this will come on. Uh-huh. Um, you're guaranteed to hear it. It is beautiful. It's, you know, it's a, it is, like you said, it's quintessential Hawaii. It's like, it's basically just a singer in a ukulele. Yeah. Um, and absolutely. the singer, yeah, as you said, vocally, he sounds a whole lot like Israel. Kam- yes. O- I can't say it. I know. Um, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's, no, he's known for doing Somewhere Over the Rainbow. Um, yeah, very similar vocal style. Uh, the Wikipedia says that he was inspired by the Somewhere Over the Rainbow, the Izzy version. Okay. Okay. Yeah, they are very, they sound very of a piece. Very, very, yeah. And yeah. Uh, it's just, I, I just love the song and I love the arrangement and um, really good one to check out. Mm-hmm. Um all right, Tanya, your number four. Uh, my number four comes from 1964, Mary Poppins. Ooh. And I really struggled to find, there were a handful of Mary Poppins songs, two in particular, um, that almost had me breaking my rule of having doubling up multiple songs from the same movie. Um, ultimately, I put one down into HMs, and I am going with Let's Go Fly a Kite. With tuppence for paper and strings You can have your own set of wings With your feet on the ground You're a bird in flight With your fist holding tight To the string of your kite Oh, let's go fly a kite Up to the highest height Let's Go fly a kite and send it soaring Up through the atmosphere Up where the air is clear Oh, let's go fly a kite Oh, I love that song. Uh, which is beautiful, written by the Sherman Brothers. This was not the Oscar-nominated winning song from the movie, which it seems like it would because it's kind of the grand... Uh, finale of the movie it's just you you have this great time you know george banks has kind of come out of his uh he's clearly not focused so much on on the success and being the banker and um you know ignoring his children and he now wants to be a family man and he finds you know he's out on the street all night he finds the kite and tapes it up and the mom puts her like votes for women tag on the kite and they go out and you know Mary Poppins has done her job and healed the family and, and flies and away. they fly yeah and it's just it's beautiful you know Bert is in it and he sings too it is it is definitely a bit of an ensemble song yeah it's beautiful it makes you happy um and I think that's actually why I ended up choosing this song over the other song um which I think I like more but I think this one's a bit more on the nostalgic side Okay. Yeah, no, it's a it's a great song. Um interesting you picked a Mary Poppins song without Julie Andrews singing in it. Um because man, she is obviously the centerpiece of that movie. But 100%. She's it's amazing. Song. It's I had a really fun time listening to some Mary Poppins songs in the last little while. Um trying to distill my list. Aim, your number four. My number four song has already been mentioned by you, Doug. It's Pictures in My Head from the Muppet movie. Really? That's interesting. Yeah, I, I think it's so pretty. I just think it's such a good melody. So, yeah. yeah. Well, we already talked about it. So oh, we can, awesome. We can move on, but but I just, I think it was too pretty of a song to not include. It's interesting. So then I'm guessing that um, Life's a Happy Song is not on your, your well, list. We'll then. see, won't we? All right. Interesting. <laughs> All right. Um, so my number four um, is uh, A Toe Tapper. 
that uh, I I, ha- I actually had this higher on my list. I had to move it down because as much as like I love this song, I think the stuff I picked that is higher has a little more of an emotional payload or is just, you know, I, I, I had to rank it higher. So this got pushed down, but uh, it's the DuckTales theme. Life is like a Solve a mystery or rewrite history. DuckTales. Every day that I've been making DuckTales. Tales of daring, do that and DuckTales. Because, man, like it's the best TV theme song of all time. Like, best. You, you yeah. can take, yeah, uh, it's just, you hear this and it's like, yes, adventure. Let's go. Yeah. Um, it's so good. I sang the entire song, full lyrics, straight from my head today for my assistant, who did not know what I was talking about. What? I, she's oh, uh, well, Amy also had a deprived us. childhood. She did not watch DuckTales. Oh, I love okay. DuckTales. DuckTales. Woo-woo. Every day they're out there making DuckTales. Woo-woo. Yeah, I love that song. Go see our episode on DuckTales. That's, uh, <laughs> we, we did one already, but... Um, yeah, I mean, this to me, this like this was DuckTales' appointment viewing. It was like perfect to come home for that Disney afternoon, and there it was. And like even long after they stopped making new DuckTales episodes, this was still part of the lineup because it was just too good. Um, and yeah, the voice work in it. I mean, yeah, again, we praised the shit out of it in our DuckTales episode, but the song itself is just like it, you can't top this. It's so good. It's easily like I, if it's not the best TV theme song ever made, it's like top three. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right, he oh. was just staring at me. So. All right. Okay, so my <laughs> did not have a childhood. I mean, yeah, that's just basically it. It was uh, Ryan, first of all three. 80s rock music. Okay, my number three is it, it's it's a ride at Disney that is iconic. It's a small world. written by the Sherman Brothers in 63 and it was actually I, I thought this was interesting it was influenced by the Cuban Missile Crisis so they they wrote this song um, and originally what they wanted to have is every room have a different national anthem of the kids singing their respective national anthems but it turned into a cacophony of like mm-hmm. just a mess you know it was just so many songs so um, they wrote this song, and it was actually, this is another interesting thing. It was sung and recorded by a church choir in London, TV performers in Mexico City, 
a school chorus in Rome, and by local kids in Tokyo and California. So when you go through the ride, there's a bunch of different, when you hear like the different songs and the different like accents, that was because it was actually recorded around the world. So I just think that that, and it doesn't get out of your head, you know, when you're at Disneyland. And if anybody says, what is the number, probably the most iconic Disneyland, Disney World, Disney Paris, whatever song, I think Small World has to be pretty much up there, personally. Totally fun. I really like it. Yeah. I think it's great. It's on my HMs. Yeah. 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 Nope. Great choice. It's got a great message. Um, and yeah. And it was... Catchy. Wasn't this the ride that was at the World's Fair? It was. This was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was at the World's Fair. And it was it was a direct, Walt Disney had direct, um, complete control over this ride. So, cool. yeah. All right, Tanya, you're number three. Ah! So, Coco 2017's Um Poco Loco. That was my grito. It was not great. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so fun it really it's the it's the you know remember me is the classic song but um poco loco is where you just have fucking fun mm -hmm. uh, my kids and i sing it we have we have a great time you know he's like um put your shoe on your head or i can't remember what all the specific lyrics but everything's just a little bit silly and funny you know it's it's just it's a cute it's just song a great time it's, a good, cute song. it's the part in the where he's him at uh miguelito and uh what's the grandpa's name hector Hector, they're just having a good time. They're performing. He's getting to, you know, Miguelito, who wants is this aspiring musician, just gets to finally show that he can be a musician. He can be a performer, that he's co coming into his own and he can do it um, with 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 Viv. And it's just great. It's just it's just a great time. It's fun to see Hector getting to perform again. He does like the sort of tap dancey part yes. and he's yes. like spinning around and like showing his just like his skills at performing and entertaining. I mean, this was already on my list, so you, I approve fully. <laughs> All right. <Yeah. laughs> cool. All right, Aim, you're number three. All right, my number three is probably the cheesiest song on my list. Um, it is from the 2006 high school musical oh, God. one. Um, what I've Been Looking For by Sharpay and Ryan. Not the piano version, the fun um, pop version of the song. It's hard to believe that I couldn't see You were always there beside me Thought I was alone with no one to hold But you were always right beside me This feeling's like no other I want you to know Um, this is just, I, I think it's really fun and catchy and obnoxious and, and it just captures the spirit of the movie and it, I just think it's a really fun song. Yeah. Cool. I had a lot of honorable mentions, um, from this movie, but this was the one that stood out and I only wanted to do one from this movie. So this was like the, the one I picked as the representative. 
you made me watch this for the first time. I didn't understand this. I think I was, um, when you tried to explain the premise to me, I think I was also, this was a long time ago, but I'm pretty sure I was high. And I was like, what is going on? I couldn't understand what the premise was. Um, but I feel like in, uh, in later years when the, they would come out, I feel like we definitely would like stay home on like a Friday night and watch the premiere. For sure. We did that for high school musical too. <coughs> but um, I, that's fun. I think it's a lot of fun. I don't think I've ever seen any High School Musical movie. They're they're decent. Oh they're gosh, they're right. fun. You, are they good? Are they like Glee-ish? Yes. Okay, I like Glee. My favorite my favorite memory of this is at some point you and Celeste like summoned me up to her bedroom where you and she had worked out a whole bunch of like basically lip sync. <laughs> Exactly right. Yes, I love it. And I was like, they did like a whole like dance, and I was like, wow, I was really like impressed. I was like, this is cool. And then you did like four more of them. Okay. And I was like, wow, Celeste really put a lot of effort in this. Amazing. And she was like five. Yeah. Yeah. Something I would do. Yeah. All right. My number three has been mentioned before, but it is "Remember Me." Remember me. Say goodbye, remember me. Don't let it make you cry. For even if I'm far away, I hold you in my heart. I sing a secret song to you each night we are apart. Remember me. Though I have to travel far, remember me. Each time you hear a sad guitar Know that I'm with you The only way that I can be Until you're in my arms again song is incredibly impressive because not only is it you know beautiful and all the things you already talked about emotionally but it has to do so much work in the movie um this it's really impressive because this song works two different ways because when you first hear it it sounds like it's someone singing saying goodbye to a lover you know because that's the poppy upbeat version you get and then it's a reveal that actually it's a lullaby from dad to his daughter as he's leaving so the lyrics have to work double time both ways and they also have to do this thing where like you know the, as writers of the movie they go okay it in the script it says this is like the most bestest song in the world right it's like babe ruth pointing at center field so you've got to deliver a song that's actually good enough to live up to its fictional reputation in the movie and they absolutely do there's a, a, the other one again i think of is like that thing you do where it's like Song better be fucking good, or this movie does not work. And thankfully, yeah, it was Robert very Lopez good. And, and Kristen Anderson Lopez are up to that task. Yeah. And this is the only song in the movie they wrote. Poco Loco and uh, the other songs in the movie were written by a different team, but they brought in their heavy hitters from Frozen to go like, you know, hey, you guys did Frozen, you did Book of Mormon, you did Avenue Q. This has to, this has to be that good. Right. And yeah, for them to actually deliver a song that is that beautiful and can do double duty is just incredibly impressive. And that you hear it like four times in the movie and you don't get tired of it. So I'll ask you the same question you asked me. Which one is your favorite 
version of the song in the movie? Uh, probably the Hector version. They sing. He sings down when they're in this like cenote. They're like down in this pit. Yeah. Um, because mm-hmm. that's where you, they reveal. Here's the real version of the song. Here's what it's really about. Yeah. And they do the flashback. I think that's just a really strong moment. Um, and I like the the you know Miguel singing it to Coco at the end. But in terms of its actual like musicality, like he can barely sing it. He's like half crying through it. So it's right. a beautiful moment. But right. like as like. I, that's not the one I want to put on and listen to necessarily. It's going to be the, yeah. this yeah. middle one. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's my favorite version of it. All right. We're, we're coming down to, to the number. Well, we're coming, uh, we're coming down here first. Yeah. So this is number two, right, Ryan, right? You're number two, Ryan. Okay. Number two. You got a friend in me. You got a friend in me. You got a friend in me. When the road looks, Rough ahead and you're miles and miles from your nice warm bed. You just remember what your past said. Boy, you got a friend in me. Yeah, you got a friend in me. You got a friend in me. From Toy Story. Um... It was, and it actually was an it was a major component for the sequels too. I mean, this this song kind of has is all through Toy Story. Um, you know, uh, Randy Newman did one with Lyle Lovett, Tom Hanks, Robert Goulet, the Spanish version, the Gypsy Kings, and Toy Story, Story Three. Um, and it's played during the credits, the opening credits, and I think one, three, and four. Um, but I think it establishes the importance of Woody and Andy and I just, it's just such a great song. I, I, I just love that song. I, I think Randy Newman did a great job with it. So. I feel like we've given so many, it, it's great. It's yeah. 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 Awesome. Every, we, yeah. We, we've talked about it before, yeah. but that's just kind of my, totally that's awesome. definitely my number two. I, yeah. Like I said, I can't imagine this episode without it being mentioned and ranked highly by at least one of us because it is that important. I do want to highlight the moment in Toy Story 2 where it's revealed that the song like canonically within the world of the movie was like the, this song that was sung by Woody, um, the puppet version of Woody on his like Howdy Doody esque TV show that like, that's where it originally comes from. I thought that was very clever uh, and used it the clever way to use it in that movie as well. Yeah, great choice. All right, Tanya, your number two. So my number two was already discussed. Uh, 2015's I Lava You, or the Lava Song. Um, I it, This is definitely a very special place in my heart. It's just, it is so beautiful. It I is. mean, Ryan really, um, you, you really already gave it such a boost. You put it on a pedestal. It is, I have this funny, this, this is the nostalgia part of the song is when I was pregnant with Fig, um, it was still maybe my first trimester towards the, to the beginning of my second trimester. Um, we watched this one or two times and I, I don't think I had like a ton of crazy, like emotional outbursts or like crazy pregnant lady things. But in the middle of this song, Jonathan and I were sitting on the couch in New York city at Janice's apartment and out of the blue, I just start weeping. And I mean, I am like, heaving and crying and it is so hard and Jonathan's like what the fuck is happening and he's just kind of holding me and Janice comes out I don't know if she she thought I was hurt she just, I didn't know what was happening she's like and Jonathan's just like 
she's okay. It was just this moment of like, this song was so beautifully sad and then it's happy. And it, it caught me very much in my pregnant feels. Um, and I had, I just love it so much. It's beautiful. I love the kids love listening to it. Um, it's, it does, it brings you back to Hawaii. Oh yeah. It's clearly that, you know, all of those shorts give you the hint of what's the next, you know, of what they're working on. And this is clearly the, the Moana hint, the teaser, um, which I love that movie as well. Um, but it is, it's a lot of, I, I, it's just, it's beautiful. I love it so much. And I will be, I am ashamed that it did not show up on my list until, um, Amy mentioned it this week. Or maybe over this last weekend, I'm like, oh shit, and, and it, it didn't show up on mine either until Amy mentioned and, that. So. I mean, it's number two yeah, on my list. It's not even on my list. Yeah, you mentioned it, and everyone, oh shit, the lava song. Yeah, That's a good real. one. Yeah, yeah, everyone jumped on that. It's a pretty song. Yep. Yep. <laughs> All right. Uh, so we're up to Amy and your number two. My number two has also been talked about. We'll have to do the math later to see how much overlap we had. Um, remember me from Coco. So we don't have to dive deep into it. No. I will say that my favorite version of it is the slow version uh, at the end of the movie um, when Hector is singing it. But I also have a note on here that I love the Miguel, like the, the Miguel pop singer version. Oh, yeah. Really fun. Yeah. 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 It's, Very it's good. pretty, actually has more verses, I think, because they make it, the, the, the one you hear in the movie is pretty short. Yeah. This um, one's more so spread they, yeah, out. More to kind it. of, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. All right, well, my number two um, uh, is, uh, again, I, anything weighted towards Halloween, I give big points. So uh, my number two is This is Halloween from The Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, that's a good one. Boys and girls of every age, wouldn't you like to see something strange? That song fucking rules, and it's like the national anthem of Halloween. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I love Danny Elfman's music in general. I mean, I've always loved his stuff ever since I think Beatle just blew my mind at age eight. But then I, when I got a little older, I had some friends in high school who were into Oingo Boingo, and so I got more into that stuff. But to me, like, this song might be the most Danny Elfman thing he's ever done, because um, it's just, it's this chorus of Halloween characters, um, you know, they are introducing you to the world of the movie. So it's like all the cool design. And I th- still think it's the best song in the movie. Um, I, and yeah, you're going to hear it every Halloween somewhere. Absolutely. Um, I never, yeah. I never get tired of it. There are other songs in the movie. I'm like, yeah, I've heard this one enough, but like, and it's not even my favorite movie, but like the song itself, I'm like, I can pull this out and listen to it anytime. This was the, uh, this is what I had originally. I was really going for, because you're right. It is the intro. It is fantastic. It is the big musical number. But like I said, I like a good, I love a good villain song and Oogie Boogie is, is great. But no, this is in my HMs because I couldn't, I couldn't, I really struggled with, with some of these songs and um, it's, it's so fun. I love it. The kids know all of the words, which is crazy because there's a lot of words in that song. Um, it, we, we love it. All right. 
So before we get to our number ones, it's time for those honorable mentions. There's going to be a lot of them, but I think it's worth talking about because, again, we've got a large swath of stuff to choose from. So we'll start with you, Ryan. Tell me about some of your a lot honorable of these, mentions. A lot of these we've already talked about. This is Halloween is one of them. Um, because You Love Me is one of them. Um, DuckTales is one of them. Uh, one we haven't talked about is the Tiki Room. We did. Tiki, tiki. Oh, do we? Amy mentioned it as part of her trio. Her okay. Tr- yeah, her we haven't okay. talked about it. Yeah, but we haven't talked about it a lot, though. If you've got some, some more you want to say. About I, just that I, it's, you know, since I've been a kid, I loved going to the Tiki Room. Um, I love the birds. I love the whole vibe. And I love the song. So, I mean, not, not, I don't need much to say. It's just, I, it's, it's an enjoyable, it brings back a lot of memories of when I was younger at Disney and it's been there forever. And there's a Dole, yeah. um, Dole ice, whip. there's Dole a Dole whip, whip ice cream place yeah. right outside mm-hmm. that you can go get your Dole ice cream whip and then go in and, and watch the, uh, cool down. Uh, uh, yeah, cool down and watch the Tiki Room. So those are my honor. I, I have a quick honor roll mention. Yeah, it says something about that song that you can get kids to like, no, no, we're not going on a ride. Yeah. It's just an attraction. Yeah. yeah. And like people are still down to do it. Yeah. And it's a, an attraction with a lot of good air conditioning. Yep. So on a hot yes. day, <laughs> on a hot totally. day, it's like it's like a reprieve. I don't think I ever appreciated the Tiki Room until I had kids taking them to Disneyland. Because this is, this is our 20 minute break. We all need a minute. We all need to maybe take a quick nap or rest. Yeah. AC, yeah. a seat. You know, the kid can lay down a little bit on a uh, seat yeah. or two if need be. Um, yeah. I've definitely had kids fall asleep in there, which is fantastic. Um, <laughs> it is. It's so it might be intrinsically tied to like just relief, <laughs> yeah. but it's it's on my HMs as well. All right. Yeah, Tanya, let's hear some of yours. Okay, um, one's already covered. This is Halloween. Um, if I didn't have you, Monsters Inc., Yo Ho, Mickey Mouse Club, uh, It's a Small World, You've Got a Friend in Me, uh, and then here are my other ones that I really that I really liked that we haven't talked about yet. Sunflower from Post Malone from Spider Man into the Spider Verse. This was specifically written for Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. I did a lot of work on it, and it's a Marvel property. So I really did my homework to ensure this was on the list. I was Sony, and I don't know how that even works out. It's a, yeah. it's a Marvel thing. It is a connection with Sony. They had a whole thing about it. So I double-checked because I was concerned it was Sony, too, but it's not. Um, Chim Chim Cherie from Mary Poppins mm. I think is beautiful. That was the Oscar winner. Mm-hmm. Um, but in general... The entire Mary Poppins soundtrack. It was really hard to pick from the from it, and it's just the it, A plus across the board. Um, High School Musical two. I don't dance. It's the one where they're on the baseball diamond. It's it's so much fun. This doesn't really count on this list, but I missed it on my HMs on the Disney Part one um, from Ralph Breaks the Internet or Wreck It Ralph two Slaughter Race, uh, which is super fun. Um, and then I have a couple more that are Darkwing Duck theme song, 
great theme song. And then uh, the Rescue Rangers theme song. But when they redid the Rescue Rangers movie a couple years ago, um, Post Malone, so weird that I'd have two Post Malone songs here, but he did a version of the Rescue Rangers theme song that I think is really fun. Um, and I think that's my whole HM's list. All right. Amy, your honorable mentions. Okay. Most of these have already been said. Interesting that all the most of the overlap is showing up here. And yeah, not in the main right. List. Okay. <laughs> You've got a friend in me. Um, I don't want to miss a thing. Lava song. And then I have way too many other songs from High School Musical. I put Stick to the Status Quo. I Don't Dance, of course. That's an iconic dance scene. Uh, breaking free from the first one and Gabrielle singing uh, Gotta Go My Own Way from I think the second one. I think so that's the you, third one when they like, the third one I think when that's when she goes break. to college and I think that's when that is. Okay. I think that's when I, she's yeah, on those, her tour this, of college. The second and third one are a little fuzzy but I, the songs stand out. You know what? No. It's from the second one and they're at the pool and I think that is when they have a break. I think it might be Okay. Then. But pretty songs. I don't know who wrote wrote all those songs, but they did a very good job. All right. Uh, so my honorable mentions um, from Bedknobs and Broomsticks, I had The Age of Not Believing, um, which is a pretty little song kind of at the beginning. Um, uh, I have Nobody Like You from Turning Red. Um, Man or Muppet is on here. Ooh. I have well, If I Didn't one. Have You from, from Monsters, Inc. Um, and then a couple that have not been mentioned, uh, Down to Earth from Wally. That's the Peter Gabriel song at the end, I think is really pretty. Um, La Festa from Ratatouille. which is also, I think, really beautiful. I would have put it higher on my list because I love the melody, but I my French isn't good enough to figure out what she's saying, and I can't really <laughs> vouch for a song where I don't understand the lyrics. I love Ratatouille, uh, and I, I can't love think Ratatouille. of that. Uh, yeah. I can't even think of what that yeah. is. That's one of my favorite Disney movies, actually. Uh, this one, I can't believe I put this on my honorable mentions, but Nowhere to Go But Up from Mary Poppins Returns, which is the only song in that movie that I think is anywhere close to touching anything from the original. Um, I think that song has a great, like, you know, it, it basically serves the same function that Let's Go Fly a Kite serves, but does it very well. Um, and Angela Lansbury is in it. So kudos for that. Uh, and then my last one here technically doesn't count because it's a cover, but I had to mention it. Uh, and that is Why Don't You Do Right? Uh, the Jessica Rabbit version of that from Roger Rabbit. That sequence is just from a, just from an animation standpoint is mind blowing. I still don't know how they did so much of that stuff 
to this day. Like it, you just watch that and go like, if you know anything about how animation works, it's just jaw dropping. But the song itself is like, what a cool smoky version of that song. Um, it's just, it was so ahead of its time. Of it. yeah. I mean, I feel like Roger Rabbit was so ahead of its time and it was so great. I still remember seeing it in the movie theater and loving it. And again, check out our episode on who framed Roger Rabbit. Here I say oh, more. About absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. So here we are. We're at the end. So Ryan, your number one Disney song. Okay. That's not from. So Disney. as a little boy, I had many, many, many VC VHS tapes. And the one that I basically worked down to a knob and never worked again was Mary Poppins. Was the incredible Mr. Limpet. Oh. <laughs> no, was, was Mary, Mary Poppins. I would jump out of a tree with a umbrella trying to fly. and But my song is A Spoonful of Sugar. A robin feathering his nest has very little time to rest While gathering his bits of twine and twig Though quite intent in his pursuit, he has a merry tune to toot. He knows a song will move the job along. For a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down, the medicine go down, medicine go down. Just a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down in a most delightful way. And it was sung by Angela, uh, not Angela Lansbury, Ju uh, Julie, Julie Andrews. Andrews. Uh, comes from 1964. And it's about, you know, when the kids are cleaning their, their rooms, you have a good, uh, it, it might suck, but have a good attitude. But it's just a fun song, and I, Mary Poppins is probably my number one non-animated Disney movie. And so a song from there, and it sounds like we all got songs from there, uh, but Spoonful of Sugar is my favorite. Good I mean, one. it's the thesis for what... Mary, like Mary Poppins's worldview. Absolutely. Right? The, yeah, to yeah, have a good the whole attitude. movie is her doing that. Yeah. That's awesome. No, it's great. I mean, I put the whole soundtrack on my agent. So. Yeah. Yeah. Fully supported. And the sequence is great. I mean, this, the is, sequence that, this is where they is pull fun. out a lot of their like yeah. the practical effects of like all of like the toys going back into the drawers to put themselves away. I like the like, clothes that fold. All of the like the clothes that yeah, fold. Magic. Yeah. Yeah, cleaning their room. I just loved that as a kid and I still love that song. <clears throat> All right, Tanya, you're number one. Life is like a hurricane here in <laughs> Duckburg. So DuckTales theme song is my number one. I think we already talked about it, but I love it. It's so much fun. The kids know what the kids for years, and they're not very old, have known the words to that song. I still play it for them. You know, the new version is meh, but it's, you know, it's still, it's okay. But we have a good time. We still watch it. I think, I think it's, totally fun the kids love having these adventures um there's a lot of episodes there's i did not realize how many episodes that bubba duck is in because yeah, i'm not a fan not of a that storyline but but like there was a lot of episodes where he is in it's so much fun yeah there's about 90 some odd episodes i think of, of the original show um and I, yeah we, i mean we've already talked about how much i love that song but like 
my memory of it now is tied up with like Ben likes the show. We don't watch it. It's not something he pulls out too often, but like he'll, he'll ask for DuckTales occasionally. Um, the original one, he's seen a little of the new one, but he definitely is more into the, the original. Yeah. All right, Amy, you're number one. All right. My number one song is from the 2011 Muppets movie. Uh, the life's a happy song. The the second one, not the original. Oh, but. the 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 reprise at the very end of the movie. Yeah, that's the one we used in our wedding. Everything is great. Everything is grand. We've got the whole wide world in the palm of our hand. Everything is perfect. It's falling into place. I can't seem to wipe this smile off my face. When there's someone by your side to sing along. Everything is great, we'll live happily ever after. And we'll keep giving the world the third greatest gift. Laughter! See, movie's almost ow, over. Ow, ow, it's ow. time to say so. Ow, ow. Will you please stop singing? You've already sung this song. When there's someone by your side, sing along. We're happier when you don't sing. <laughs> And you, and you, and you, and you, and you, and you, and, well, all of you. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, this is such just a great message about life's a happy song when there's someone by your side to sing along. So it's just a sweet little song and, and a pretty melody, and it has nostalgia for us in our wedding. So. Yep. Yeah. We say we walked out of the way. That was after we kissed and you may now kiss the bride and all that. That's the song that they played as we processioned out. After I um, fell down. <laughs> What's that? I, I said Did after you? I almost fell down on your dress. Oh, oh, I oh really? Remember that? I think I, I we think I actually, you were behind I, us. We didn't see it. When, yeah. no, actually, when I, I was hoping, when I was I hoping you would walk that. around, no, 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 I, and I, I had to get your dress, and I almost oh. tipped over. I, I started to tip over, and Kristen was like, "Oh God, am I going to have to pick her up?" <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, so we're down to my number Great, one, number uh, one, which has already been mentioned. Um, and that is also from Mary Poppins, Let's Go Fly a Kite. When you send it flying up there, all at once you're lighter than air. You can dance on the breeze over houses and trees with your pistol and tight to the string of your kite. Um, I, I think this song is beautiful. I think it's obviously it's the, the catharsis of the movie that you've been waiting for, you know, it's for the dad to finally you know, Not be an put aside yeah. the bullshit and connect with his kids. And I kind of, the power of it kind of got me when I saw, um, saving Mr. Banks, which is the, 
another Disney movie. It's like a fictionalized, slightly fictionalized account of how the movie got made. And uh, Emma uh, Thompson playing P.L. Travers, the author of the book, is talking to Walt Disney, played by Tom Hanks, who is, you know, they're trying to make this movie and they can't quite crack it. And finally, she says to him, oh, I see. You think she's there to save the children. And it's like, no, she's not there to save the children. She's there to occupy the children and save the dad. Yeah. And the, 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 that moment is just so just like gloriously joyful as they all go out to play. And it's like, yeah, I'll see the, the sad goodbye of like, my job is done. I'm gone. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, you won't see Mary Poppins again yeah. until I'm Emily Blunt. And um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I just, I, I, for me, that's the one song that like, I don't think there's a lot of fun in the movie, but nothing really emotionally connects quite like that song. That's a great song. It's a great movie. Yeah. I mean, it's a great movie. <clears throat> All right, guys, we did it. Uh, we, we gave you our, our top 40 uh, Disney in, songs. In under two uh, hours. We almost killed each other putting the list together, but we did it. <laughs> we got it. Um, we got it done. We got it done. So I, I'll just throw it out to you guys again. You know, f- final words here about, you know, what these songs are. You know, why do you think it is that people come back to this stuff? After all these years, I mean, it, it, again, it's the Disney property. They know how to um, create a product. They know how to, it, you know, again, some people like the Sherman Brothers who really know how to write a lyric, how to evoke emotion. To what were the names of the the couple that did the um, Fernandez the Frozen... or something? Fernandez. Oh, uh, Robert uh, Lopez and uh, Lopez. 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 Um, but they, you know, to them, to people like LMM, who they know how to find quality people that are, and they bring this in and, you know, nobody knows how to manipulate your emotions quite like Disney. And whether that's in a classic cartoon, whether that's in, you know, um, a TV show, uh, Hannah Montana, uh, whatever it is, you just always find something and, um. It's just, it's special, you know, it's been a quality product since, you know, for a hundred years. And every generation has their group of movies that they remember and it's kind of, they take ownership of. Like our, our generation, I feel like is the, you know, uh, the Lion King, Little Mermaid, uh, Aladdin, Beauty and the Beast, that was kind of where, well, at least me growing up, that was kind of, I think that Disney does such a good job of having these generational songs that everyone can, you know, I I just think that they do a great job at that. Yeah, anytime I do these top 10 lists, it always comes to down to melody and, and songwriting, really, and just their ability to cast the right people to sing the songs. That took, like Tanya said, that it just evoke it in just the right way. Yeah, I mean, all these songs. I mean, they are they are coming from lots of different sources, um, you know, and used in lots of different ways. Some of them more obviously designed to, you know, pull on your heartstrings, um, you know, say or remember me or, um, you know, the, when somebody uh, when she loved me, you know, things like that. That we're trying to make you feel a certain way, um, but all these songs, like they, again, it's like this is just pulling your childhood out of you absolutely Um, and it's kind of interesting to be sort of roughly in the middle of disney's 100 year history as we're recording this and sort of say all right we we kind of grew up with our parents as disney 
And yeah. now we're transmitting our Disney to our kids. Absolutely. So half of these memories are like our memories with them. And half of them are the memories that we're making with our kids. And, you know, the, the, there's a reason this stuff has stood the test of time. Um, and yeah, and that's a reason why, frankly, if you look at the stats, like the first Disney episode we did, it's like four times as many downloads as any other episode for the most part combined. Um, yeah. You know, just people it's love cool. this and with their whole hearts. So. Um, yeah, I'm really glad we got together to do one more of these. So, um, thanks everybody. Uh, any, uh, anybody have anything to plug? I know Amy's got some earrings she can sell you that are amazing. <laughs> They're beautiful. If you're interested in checking out my earrings, you can check me out at Momo Bunnies More Co. on TikTok and Instagram. And I'll put a link to that in the notes, of course. If you, um, so, if yeah. you see me in uh, a, an LA Superior Court, feel free to say hello. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> So a uh, little admin here. So um, if you uh, want to get in touch with us, you have thoughts on the, the, our list and you want to tell us your own or uh, you want to talk about our latest episodes, which uh, recent going back uh, would be uh, Crash Bandicoot. Before that was Mitch Hedberg. And then I think before that was Independence Day. No, sorry. Uh, Matchbox 20, then Independence Day. Ooh. You have thoughts on that stuff. Send it to our uh, you know our socials the links are all in the show notes but we're on X threads um, Instagram uh, Blue Sky and TikTok uh, the TikTok stuff's mostly for me doing bullshit impressions but it's there so go check it out uh, and if you have thoughts on our upcoming episodes which will be uh, I think next up in the roster is Spaceballs uh, and after that fun. is Robocop so Ooh, fun. got thoughts on Spaceballs and Robocop send them our way so, are we still uh, doing that's it guys don't we have one coming up well, we wanted to do one on the League of Their Own. That kind of fell apart. Then we were going to do 10 Things I Hate About You, and that fell apart. So maybe we'll get to one of those soon. I'm good with uh, the I League hope, of Their Own. Uh, I love that, yeah. that movie. Okay, right. good. good. We'll, have we'll to get do. to both of them on a long enough timeline. Yeah. So. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for, for joining us on this one. And uh, until next time, that is one more entry in the Nostalgia Art Canon. Sherry, you did the best you could, but you can't change this family, and neither can I. From now on, I'm just gonna sit back and enjoy the ride. But haven't I taught you people anything? Nope. 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 So you like it this way? Indubitably. Around the house, I never lift a finger. As a husband and father, I'm subpar. I'd rather drink a beer than win father of the year. I'm happy with things the way they are. I'm getting used to never getting noticed. I'm stuck here till I can steal a car. The house is still a mess and I'm going ball from stress. But we're happy just the way we are. They're not perfect, but the Lord says, love thy neighbor. Da-da, Flanders. Oakley, doakley, do. Don't think it's sour grapes, but you're all a bunch of eats. And so I must be leaving you. Goodbye, Sherry Bobbins. Thanks for everything. So long, Superman.
Do you think we'll ever see her again? I'm sure we will, honey. I'm sure we will. <laughs>